following is a presentation of Main Street Media, your source for news, sports, and information on Main Street in Middle Tennessee. Welcome back to another episode of Main Street Preps this week. I'm Russell Venozzi, joined as always by Tyler Palmatier. High school football rolls on this week for week five, and we are going to talk all about it. Tyler, you doing all right today? Yeah, I'm doing good, Russell. We've got a fun show lined up, and we are going to, as always, get to our takeaways from last week and make some picks for this week. But before we do all that, we are going to welcome in Father Ryan football coach Brian Rector. His team is off to a 2-2 two and two start. Uh, had a tough schedule so far, and they play at or they host NBA this week, so it's not going to get any easier. But uh, I'll tell you what, while we're waiting on it's- Brian, uh, I'm supposed to read something anyway, so let's do that. Uh, this podcast is sponsored by the Tennessee Highway Safety Office. Fans don't let fans drive drunk. It is interesting what Father Ryan's done so far, Russell. When you look at yeah, no, been been a good been a pretty good start, all things considered. I mean. I, I don't know about you, Tyler, but looking down the list, I mean, I, I don't know that there's a team that's had a tougher schedule uh, in the first four weeks in, in the yeah. area that I can think of offhand, at least. Yeah, and I think we've got Brian now. Let's see what he kind of has to say about that early start. I'm here. Yeah. Hey, Brian. Hey, there he is. Hey, hey, hey. Well, hey, thanks for joining us today, Brian. Uh, we were just talking about that tough schedule you guys have had for the first four weeks. Uh, you've managed to get through it two and two. Uh, what do you just make of the way that your team's handled that t- you know, the tough stretch that you guys have had so far? Up and down, up and down. Uh, really disappointed with the way we handled uh, our adversity at East, the very first game. Um, it, uh, You know, you always say, hey, it can always be worse. That one would be tough, a tough sell to figure out how. Uh, now, don't get me wrong, they are rolling, and they are a very good football team. But our response to adversity when they punched us in the mouth a couple of times there early on was – was uh, not even in the galaxy of how, you know, we, we, we would want it to be. Um, you know, good response in week two versus Brentwood. Uh, really tough, really tough uh, win. Not a whole lot of offense uh, on either side to speak of. Uh, and then just as we came out versus JP2, it was just a, a ridiculously bad defensive effort versus the best uh, quarterback and two-receiver combo probably in the state. Um, I mean, it was absolutely, it's ridiculous how good those, those, uh, three guys are as well as their running back, as well as their, their really good defensive and offensive linemen, uh, number 65. So yeah, we've played some good teams. Don't get me wrong, but our response to adversity has been disappointing at times. Uh, and, uh, we, we've got to get more consistent, um, uh, as we sit right now going into NBA, going into the week. Five, we we really are looking for some defensive consistency and some defensive leadership for sure. Yep. Brian, you you were eighty four and forty two and in ten seasons between your time at Ravenwood and Centennial. Uh, Centennial, a program that you were were kind of tasked in, in trying to revive, and then you go to Father Ryan with this the same goal to build that program back up. What's the benchmark for that? How do you know when a program is turned around or has kind of approached that corner of turning? Well, that's a great question. I mean, I suppose if people are going to look at it from a myopic standpoint, they're going to say state championship or bust. Um, Obviously um, I would love, 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 
to win another state championship. Um, but but uh, when you look at it from the big picture, there's a lot of coaches who can have a successful program that maybe you don't win a state championship, a national championship or something you know, like that. There's tons. There's thousands of coaches around the country that would probably agree with me on this. Um, but make no bones about it. The ultimate goal is to win a state championship. Um, beyond that, it is competing for one every single year. Um, that means getting to the semis. That means beating uh, teams that we need to beat that we haven't really beaten before. Since I've been here, we haven't beaten JP2 and NBA. And uh, so those are benchmarks, since you mentioned the word benchmarks, that are important things to, to accomplish before you can really feel like, okay, you're getting where you need to be. Digging into some of the details on this year's team, Brian, junior quarterback Jojo Crump has stepped up in a big way. He's seemingly been in contention for our Player of the Week award almost every week. Uh, he provides you know, a threat through the air, obviously, but then he, he also has that dynamic of being able to run the ball and kind of keep teams honest there, too. Uh, what have you liked about his development that you've seen so far this year? Well, the last two games, I've really liked his development. First two, didn't like it very much at all. Uh, and then the last two, I just felt like he is continuing to understand what we're trying to do and and just works so hard at the process of that. You know, people have no idea how hard it is to play the quarterback position at pretty much any level. Um, and D2 AAA, I mean, it's, 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 ta- it's hard. I mean, it is real hard. Uh, and so, um, you know, his development, especially the last two games, has been very special. Uh, Coach Copley, the offensive coordinator, Michael Copley, has done a great job of teaching him um, about defenses, teaching him the purpose of our offense. And where you can get out of some trouble, I think, has been where he's really, really grown the most in the last two games. You know, where can I get out of trouble and make a potentially bad play, either a decent play or a really good one? And he's, he's done a really fine job of that the last two games. Uh, Brian, what about when you look at sophomore uh, running back Mason Bryant, how critical is he just not only to what you're doing this season, but foundationally when you kind of look at the next three years, when you have one of those good sophomore running backs, it really sort of uh, lends itself to thinking you'll have some continuity there on the ground for the next couple of years. Well, that's, yeah, uh, obviously that's the hope and the desire. I mean, we, we, we understand that. We just kind of stay focused on this year, though. Uh, and we know that, hey, he, he, he is a sophomore, but he's getting a little bit better every single game. Um, you know, the first game, it was, you know, he had a big fumble, you know, and it was like, oh, my gosh, here's that. But he's done, he's done really well since then. And, uh, you know, he's got some stuff to him. I mean, if you're a sophomore playing in this league, especially at running back, you got to have something to you that just cannot be coached. Um, and he, he definitely has that. You know, he's got some really good vision, some quickness, not as speedy uh, as he would want to be, or, or, but he'll, he'll get there um, by the time he you know, gets out of high school. You've also got a junior wide receiver in Charlie Becker that's starting to draw some attention. Uh, recently picked up an offer from Vanderbilt. What excites you about about Charlie and, and, and his potential? It, his potential, that's it. <laughs> Reaching <laughs> his potential is 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 is, is exciting uh, to us. You know, he he actually had a really good year last year, and uh, you know, with just so many guys throughout the mid state, sometimes it's it's uh, 
it's it's understandable that we don't dip down and talk about a lot of sophomores. And and honestly, I don't I don't want you to. I mean, I think sophomores need to do their best and then get ready for their junior year kind of thing, you know. But uh, he he's done again a way better job the last two games. First two games, not so much. Uh, the the last two games a little better. We've kind of made him an offensive only dude. You know, we're trying to use him on defense a little bit. And that may have been a little too much for him early in the year. So we hope that maybe once he hits his stride offensively, we can maybe sprinkle him in on defense as well. But he's a big, tall kid, can run really fast, uh, you know, has a great catch radius, a 36-inch vertical. He's in the four fours, running the 40. So, yeah, we like him a lot. We like him a lot. And he's a great kid, really wants to win. Well, who wouldn't want all those measurables? My gosh. Um, defense, defensively, Brian, Drake Carlson at Purdue Commitment is probably your most highly recruited guy or maybe a, maybe most visible guy. But who else is making a difference on that side of the ball for you this season? Well, I mean, honestly, Drake has yet to hit his stride, too. And, we're you know, I may have talked about this, you know, earlier, you know, last week. He's struggling a little bit, but he's going to get there. Uh, nobody, nobody works harder or, 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 or cares more than him. Uh, Cam Bosley, a safety for us, has been um, really excellent at doing some of the things that we ask him to do, which in a big part of this season has been, hey, to lock up their best receiver on the other team. And he's done that. And he's done a really good job with it. Um, so Cam has had a couple turnovers. He's made some really, really good tackles. He's guarded the best receiver on the other team. So his continued development and contribution is huge, as well as Drake's, as well as Gavin Smith and other safety, and these young, inexperienced corners that we have getting into their group. So, um, yeah, I mean, I'd be lying if I said, oh, yeah, we're all set on defense. No, nope, we're still trying to figure it out, who can do what the best, and, and you know, where we can put people in the best positions to have success. And, uh Coach Privet's done a great job for us defensively in his time here. Father Ryan, uh, Wade Privet, and uh, you know we're we're definitely still in the stages of figuring that out. We and we and we know we will. So up next, Brian, undefeated NBA is, is coming over to your place this week. Uh, that's going to be a tall task, but you guys almost knocked him off last year at their place. Uh, only lost by a field goal, ten to seven. What do you think it's going to take to make that another tight game this time around? I mean, you know, the same thing it always takes. Great eyes, great discipline. You have to tackle NBA. They cannot get yards after uh, contact because uh, they have a ton of it. You cannot give up, you know, big pass plays down the field because they're play-action game. And, of course, uh, Marcel Reed's ability to make plays is, is everybody knows, legit. Uh, and uh, so it's tough. You know, what's it going to take? Honestly, everything we got. I mean, everything we got, every play. Um, this is the type of team where you don't fit the gap right, they go for 60. Uh, you, you stare at the quarterback a little too long, a receiver's behind you, and, and he's in the end zone. Um, so it's going to take great eye, feet, and hand discipline for the entire game, not a single playoff. Well, you hit on some of this, Brian. Um but when you look at NBA, what they can do offensively, and they've been really good defensively too. I mean, what do you think they're doing that's frustrating opponents the most so far? Well, you know, they're just so well coached. Coach Uverard does such a great job of having those guys in the right spot all the time. 
you just don't see these guys, as we call, say, in football, chasing the cheese or getting out of gaps or getting out of spots, et cetera. Um, you know, their defense just really gets after it. Uh, they've got a really good defensive defensive box. They've got a, a disciplined secondary. So, you know, a lot of coaches turn on film and you're going, oh, first things first, let's pick on the weak guy. Where is he, you know? And, uh, well, they don't have that. And, and then you think, okay, where can we get our good runs? You know, where can we get a good blocking scheme up the middle to get some good runs? And well, I mean, it, it just, honestly, it doesn't exist. And so, you know, um, you're, you're, you're trying to really pick down a very, very, very pared down list of things you feel like can be successful. And even then they're in the right spot. So it's, Believe me, it's a it's a tall tale both sides of the ball. This is a very good football team. I would expect them to, uh, uh, quite frankly, contend for a state championship again. Yeah, they, they've looked great so far. And like you said, will be a tough test, but also uh, a chance to kind of see where your team stands against one of the best teams around. So I'm sure that's exciting. And sure. we appreciate you carving some time out for us too this week, Brian. So thanks again for being here. Sure. Sure. No worries, guys. Appreciate y'all for having me. You bet. All right, that has been Father Ryan football coach Brian Rector. Really appreciate him joining us and giving some insight into his team. Um, definitely, definitely one to watch this year, Tyler. You, you know that tough schedule is gonna is gonna lighten up eventually for for them, and when it does, uh, expect them to be able to reel off some wins here later in the year. Yeah, yeah, no doubt, no doubt. Good stuff from Brian. So we are going to take a quick break here, a quick message from the Tennessee Highway Safety Office, and then we will come back with some takeaways from week four. It was just a few drinks. I'm good. I thought it was good. After every game, we always have a few. It's no big deal. It was no big deal. Hey, I can hold my liquor. Thought I could hold my liquor. Well, we're getting to the point now in the high school football season where we we have some data to work with. We've got four weeks of results. We kind of have a better idea of, of you know, what these teams are and and kind of which ones are strong, which ones are struggling, and that's great. I, it's it, you know, earlier in the year we're just taking complete guesses on our picks and things like that, but now we, we've got some things to work with. And Tyler, uh, I'm curious. Was there anything to, uh, you know that stood out to you from Week Four that really kind of made you uh, made you think a little bit? Yeah, I think where uh, the game I was at, Oakland Ravenwood, um, Oakland obviously was able to win and by a couple touchdowns. Which I guess if you'd showed somebody the score afterwards, you'd think, okay, you know, I think Oakland's good enough to do that. It makes sense. But um, it was a lot closer than I think the score showed. And Ravenwood was a lot. It was much improved from Week One. And they're playing a lot more physical. They, I mean, they were making great tackles on defense. I, I was really impressed with them. Oakland can run over you if you let them. I mean, you have to, you have to be pretty disciplined and be pretty physical. So, I think Ravenwood. I came away thinking Ravenwood's a lot better than they were in Week One, and that they're going to have uh, some kind of say in this Class Six A race at some point. Uh, and I went into that game kind of thinking Oakland would just flex its muscles, and Ravenwood looked really good, and they they sort of impressed me. You know, it hasn't been that long since those teams uh, played for the state championship. I believe that was 2019, maybe. It, it was recent. Those two teams met in the uh, state title game. and uh, Two great programs. Man, that would be something if mm-hmm. you know somehow they meet again later on down the line. Yeah. 
Stick it in Rutherford County, though, Tyler. Another team that I think caught everybody's eye, caught everybody by surprise a little bit last week was Siegel, knocking off Lebanon with a walk-off field goal in overtime. you got to love that. Uh, 31-28. Kind of threw a wrench into the Main Street Prep's top 25 rankings, but that's great. We always we always want to have some um, some intri- an in- intrigue and some interest there, and that's certainly what Siegel gave us. You know, this seems like a program on the rise. They're 3-1 and one this year. They also have beaten Green Hill. So I don't think this was that Lebanon win was necessarily a fluke. This is a pretty good team here under third-year coach Adam Renshaw. And, uh, you know, they've still got a ways to go before they're giving Oakland and some of those other top teams a run for their money. But, um, man, Rutherford County, if you, you just look at the scene there, you've already got, of course, Oakland playing at a high level. Riverdale certainly has had their moments in the past few years. Blackman puts up a lot of points now under Chandler Tiger. They seem like they're kind of getting things together. If you add Siegel into that mix too, it's like, what a gauntlet that that county becomes all of a sudden. Yeah, and I was just going to say, one of my takeaways is just that Blackman's offense is seemingly kind of hitting its stride. I mean, it's always pretty good, but uh, more than 500 yards of offense and a half against Summit, that is something else. Um, that's, that's unreal production. I know Summit lost a lot of players off that defense from last year, but those are numbers that are just difficult to put up against anyone so uh yeah definitely that that whole area in in rutherford county is stacked up uh i my other kind of takeaway uh was that i think you know why not i think we could call friendship christian at least one of the d2a favorites the way they're playing um you know now moving on undefeated beat grace christian last week putting up a lot of points that race kind of all of a sudden has some uh you know some structure to it uh in d2a yeah, and I'm not sure who stands in their way locally because they've already uh, kind of disposed of DCA, last year's champion. And, of course, you still got Nashville Christian in there too, and they're uh, working through things with the freshman quarterback. But I think they, in time, will have a will have a good team. Mm-hmm. But, yeah, that that's – honestly, there's more intrigue there to the single A than there is to the double A because, you know, Lipscomb's kind of got that one on lock right now. But, yeah. Yeah, you're so absolutely right. And, and you know what? Maybe even triple A. We don't know. I mean – NBA looks like, you know, the favorite there. I don't know how far and away they are. Uh, you know, 6A, everybody seems to like Oakland. Um, so, yeah, you're right. That's Right now, that's kind of one of the most interesting uh, races to kind of talk about. Definitely. And uh, before we move on to some picks in just a minute, I also wanted to give a shout-out to East Nashville. You know, they survived a, a tough one the other night Hills against Hillsborough and pulled it out um, 14 to nothing. Um, man, Hillsborough gave them all they could handle though. I mean, East Nashville still four and oh, like this, like we said earlier, they, like Brian talked about it, you know, they knocked off father Ryan to open the season. That was a, a great win for them, but Hillsborough was down like 11 players, uh, from injuries and other reasons. And, uh, yet they still hung in there. It was eight to nothing until like three minutes left in the, in the fourth quarter. And, uh, a big reason for that was because they put together a backbreaking 19 play drive in the third quarter. I don't think I've seen anything like it, at least in the last few years of covering high school football. And that, that drive used up all but seven seconds of the third quarter. So East Nashville didn't even have a chance to, to kind of break away at all there. And this, this probably isn't going to be Hillsborough's year. They're, you know, they're 0 and 4 they're, they're struggling quite a bit, but, uh, Anthony Brown, I don't think it's going to be too long before they, they get that program back uh you know in the playoffs and and especially just the way that they 
hung in there with East Nashville. Of course, East Nashville, I don't think he was pleased with his performance at all, but always better to learn from a win than a loss. So they survived and uh, kind of lived to see another day with that undefeated record there. Yeah, I mean, East Nashville is going to go through ebbs and flows like everybody else. I still think that's the class of the city team. So uh, don't expect that to be a huge issue. Probably a good, le- probably a good little teaching tool for Jamal Stewart, if nothing else. Yep, yep. He called it a wake-up call for the, for his players. So we'll see how that helps them uh, moving forward. Uh, I believe that's it for our takeaway. So we are going to take another quick break here with the uh, Tennessee Highway Safety Office message, and we will come back with our previews and picks for Week 5. It's just a few cocktails at happy hour. It's just a few cocktails at happy hour. You're <laughs> <laughs> really good try. There aren't any cops around. I didn't think there were any cops around. I drink and drive all the time. Sir. Sir, you've been in a serious crash. I'm going to hang on, okay? Love your hands, All right, week five on tap now, Tyler. Uh, some big games to look forward to, including let's just lead it off right here with Brentwood at Ravenwood, the Battle of the Woods. Um, huge rivalry, usually a close game, even even in years when maybe there's a discrepancy between the two teams, like maybe there was a little bit last year. It was a tight game. And I've got the same thing happening this year. I'm going Ravenwood 28, Brentwood 21. Uh, I think Chris Parson will make the difference. But that Brentwood defense, you wrote about it in your hash marks column. You mentioned it, that they're only giving up about nine points a game. And they have been a really tough group to crack. Uh, If anybody can do it, though, I like Parson and the Ravenwood offense to do it. So I'm going with the Raptors by a touchdown. Yeah, I'm with you. I've got Ravenwood 21-14. I think it's just Brentwood with the way it plays defense. Brentwood's kind of playing, uh, putting up some Big Ten type numbers this year. I kind of like it. They're uh, they're just getting the job done with the – kind of a lot of grit on both sides of the ball. But I, so I think they make life a little difficult on Chris Parson in, in one of those games. It just has that rivalry tension through, through all four quarters. But uh, I think, I think Brentwood comes up a stop short. And flipping over some private school action. Now we got Franklin road Academy at Lipscomb Academy. Both of those teams are four and oh Tyler, does FRA have any, have any shot here? Uh, I think Lipscomb is going to win 45, 21, uh, you know, the uh, Lipscomb has been almost, it's almost fallen out of, in some ways out of the conversation because I think everybody just expects uh, them to roll through the month of December. Uh, and I, I think the, I think Lipscomb wins by a couple scores here, but it, let's kind of look at their linebackers to kind of help tell that story. Edwin Spillman and Brian Longwell are having great seasons. Uh, Edwin Spillman, of course, is the, the top uh, junior in the state. And when you've got uh, Brian Longwell is kind of a, a guy who's a senior who's emerging but they're having great seasons and and they're going to be really important in this one against uh, Ty Clark, the running back who's already closing in on a hundred thousand or not a hundred thousand yards, but a thousand yards rushing this season. Yeah. He's been good and still, still don't think that's going to be quite enough here. I've got, I'm right there with you, Tyler uh, Lipscomb 42 FRA 14. Uh, but man, my hat, my hat is off to Justin Geisinger and FRA. They've really turned things around and, if they can keep on this trajectory, it probably won't be too long before this game is quite a bit more competitive in the next couple of years. So looking forward to that. This one, uh, this next game was a little bit off the wall, but White County at Mount Juliet. I know we usually talk about the Nashville teams here on this on this show, but uh, had to stick this one in there because there's quite a bit of intrigue. White County, 
as most of you have probably seen by now, has just an incredible running back named Malachi Dowell. He's putting up video game numbers. I mean, beyond video game numbers, really. Last week, he had 33 carries for 476 yards, almost 507 touchdowns, and a win over Cookville. And uh, if that doesn't put you in the Mr. Football conversation, I don't know what will, Tyler. But um, despite that, I am going to, I'm going to go against the grain maybe a little bit here and take Mount Juliet just because their defense has pitched two shutouts in a row, like what they're doing there. And I think that there's enough film now on, on Dowell that maybe, just maybe, they can contain him enough. He's probably still going to get his yards and his touchdowns, but maybe they can contain him enough to come away with a 42-35 to 35 win. Yeah, I just I'm going White County 3120. I'm just going with the team that has Malachi Dow. Those numbers are crazy. Those are pretty uh I've covered some eight-man football before and those are even those are really numbers that are more suited for eight-man football and even then that's a big night on on in an eight-man game. I think his his big game last week's going to open up some other options for White County. And lastly, how about the game we talked about with Brian, NBA at Father Ryan. What do you think about that one, Tyler? Yeah. Yeah, he sort of took the words out of my mouth. NBA has been so difficult to stop with with Marcel Reed commanding that offense, but defensively, they're just always in the right spots too. I think that defensively, that's kind of what they're doing to really help clinch these games up. Um, Father Ryan can make a real statement if it pulls a surprise here. Uh, We talked with Brian about rebuilding a program and what are the benchmarks and, I mean, this would be a pivotal moment in in the Irish's football history if you can – find a way to win this game. And I think it's because as a benchmark, when you look at rebuilding a program, these can sort of, you know, help you up to that next step in a rebuilding uh, project. You know, I had forgotten that last year's game was as close as it was. Now NBA granted was coming off of that one in three stretch. They were not quite to their full potential before they went on that big run of the state championship game. But that was a game that came right down to the wire I remember we had a reporter there because I remember reading the story and I was kind of stunned with how, how close that scoreline was. So uh, the precedent is there for Father Ryan to, to keep this one tight. Uh, but man, after seeing NBA last week, I've, I've got to pick the big red. I've got them taking this one 35-17. Uh, man, Marcel Reed, you just got to love having a four-year starting quarterback back there and, and the amount of comfort that comes with that. Just I know you wrote about it before the season, Tyler. That's the luxury most teams uh, are never going to enjoy having somebody that's you know four years of starting experience like that. And he's just he's so smooth. Doesn't seem like he gets rattled by anything. Uh, the stats maybe don't don't jump off the page at you as much as you you think they might, but they don't need to because he's got help. He's got Jonathan Moore in the backfield uh, who's able to run for just a ton of yards and so hard to bring down too, uh, like a kind of a bulldog kind of running back. And uh, all that makes me makes me think that NBA is going to continue to to roll here and uh, move to five and zero. Yeah, they're just Marcel Reed doesn't have to put up huge numbers because of, of everything else that his teammates can do. It's if he could put you know if he didn't have the guys around him, we'd be seeing some. We'd all be talking about how crazy his numbers were every week. But um, yeah, I just think Brian hit it on the head. They're just they're never in the wrong place that team, and I think this is a really experienced group in particular for NBA, which is going to help them. I did not give us a pick, but I've got NBA 28-17. There it is. Okay, so we're both going with NBA there. And, of course, we're going to have all of our picks online by Wednesday, so be sure to check that out. You can check and see what all of the other Main Street Prep staffers think about the top 10 games in the area as well. 
And I want to remind everybody that this podcast is sponsored by the Tennessee Highway Safety Office. Fans don't let fans drive drunk. All right, well, week five coming up this week. It's going to be fun. Uh, be sure to check MainStreetPreps.com throughout the week for coverage. Uh, of course, Friday night and Saturday morning is will be loaded with with game recaps and everything, photos and just everything else. Um, Friday Night Live right here on these channels uh, can, can help you stay in the loop about what's going on. And uh, I think that's it. That's everything, Tyler, unless you got anything else. Nope. All right. I got nothing. Well, thanks for joining us today, and we will see you back next time on Main Street Preps this week.